Welcome back to the Blackocracy. Welcome back. Welcome back. And and I must say, you know, this is this is just speaking that we appreciate all the love, all the support so far. So glad you guys are tuning in. So glad you've come back. Yeah, I feel like the same way. It's shine. Um, we got so much love in the last episode. Um, we got a lot of feedback um, and you know, words and con words, positivity, uh, mm-hmm. critical, all kinds of great things. So like, we really appreciate mm-hmm. the reception on that episode. And um, you guys can feel free to follow us on all of our social media portals and interact. Go ahead and comment, you know, engage, make some conversation, tweet, retweet, all of that. What have you been up to, Jess, since the last episode? Um, well, for those who don't know, I am a manager at... Um, a food bank and so I am constantly every day going to well not every day but every weekday going to uh, you know huge warehouse and um, doing things moment to moment literally second by second and also on you know a never evolving daily basis to ensure and support food security during these uh, crazy times so that's where we're at um, I have a lot going on always you know this isn't my only platform and not the only you know type of way that I choose to give back so that being the case um, self-care is really paramount for me Um, I'm always busy always on to this conference call or the next same the same as the case for shine folks who don't know everything he gets into Um, so yeah like I've just been really drinking a lot of water I mean, this weekend, honestly, this past weekend, I wasn't really that great with it. But, um, um, like, I was born with asthma and stuff like that. So, like, I really have to, especially in the warmer um, climate, you know, with pollen and everything around, everything going on, I have to make sure I take care of myself so my body doesn't sabotage itself, like, you know, ever so often. I may not breathe too well, like, today. So, just, you know, I got to chill. (laughs) <laughs> I gotta chill, gotta drink water, gotta take my vitamins, you know, eat well, cook well, those sorts of things. How about you? A lot of conference calls, a lot of meetings, um, planning, plotting, strategizing for like all kinds of different projects that we're involved in. And also a lot of, uh, I guess you can call it post COVID-19, but like mm-hmm. it's actually like present <laughs> COVID-19, current pandemic mm-hmm. um, preparedness. Um, on a lot of different aspects in a few different countries. Um, so, yeah, I'm actually very much still thinking about the pandemic, even though um, we're in a place in the U.S. where it's all about opening back up. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, I don't know, a little, uh, with that being like the current state of affairs, a little concerned about that. Um, but if you guys don't know, we're both in the East Coast, um, so our state um, in New York and New Jersey, they are incrementally opening back up. I think in the next, to either today or like in the next week, um, certain restaurants in Manhattan will be able to open up in retail stores. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm like, in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, this is good in some ways, but then in all the other ways, as far as like pandemic preparedness, I'm, I'm seeing the spikes in Florida and these places that opened up early, Arizona, there are spikes there, um, Texas, there are certain spikes. And so 
when we all think about like flattening the curve, there's typically a second wave. Um, so we'll see how the summer progresses. <laughs> Not to scare anybody. I don't want to scare anybody like the first five minutes of the episode, but <laughs> that's life. That's um, what's going on. I also want to chime in here and just to remind everyone of additionally the economic component. Yeah, component. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and so just to keep it real with you, you know, there are still many of us out here who are uninsured. I'm one of those folks, just keeping it candid. Um, and on top of that, many folks have lost their jobs, have gotten furloughed or whatever else have you. There's a lot of, you know, lack of health coverage going around because America is America, United States is United States. And um, unless you... You know, it may be different where you're listening, but I can tell you that in New Jersey in particular, um, unless you go through a municipal government uh, entity or testing site or something like that, um, like if you go to urgent care or something of that nature, testing is not free. It's still going to be well over $200 for you to get tested, believe me, because I just called to um, ask just, you know, just to be on the safe side for myself. Um, and that's still a factor. Testing is still expensive. It's still not fully accessible to everyone. Even though they say that, you know, various health departments of municipalities are um, making that available, it's not necessarily uniform. And regardless to that, um, most of these things that I'm finding as I'm just looking into it, they're still by appointment, even if it's through your municipal government. Um, so, you know, just, just to see, like, you know, I, I'm not feeling too great. Maybe I should get tested or what have you. Like I said, on and off here and there, especially during this time of year, my breathing's labored anyway. But so I went ahead and, you know, signed up through our Estes County uh, website portal and all. First of all, it took them several hours to get back to me to give me an appointment anyway. And the appointment they gave me um, is for literally at the end of the week. So, <laughs> just putting, you know, a little bit of that information, live information into perspective for you. Um, this virus and what we're experiencing right now is still not a joke. Yeah. And even if you think that because you've heard this or that, that, you know, testing is available, so on and so forth. All of the things that have been said and have been talked about and mentioned on the various, you know, uh, outlets here and there in media or even in comedy so far. Um, everything that they said about the lack of preparedness and still lack of thorough methods of addressing this within our country it's still the reality. Yeah. Like we're still crazy low on PPE, crazy low on all the things that you really need to combat this type of thing. Um, although, you know, new innovations or what have you are being worked on every day. But honestly, it's better to be safe and sorry, loved ones. Honestly, do what you can to be prepared and keep yourself safe. Yeah. And I mean, I guess we can like move on to current events a little bit because that like, oh, yeah. like the perfect segue because um, uh, 45, uh, President 45 <laughs> came 
he had a one no of his disrespect rallies. or all disrespect. I call him Comrade Cheeto. Anybody who follows me on social media, <laughs> you already know that because that is literally what I call him, Comrade Cheeto. I, so whatever. Anywho, as you were. No, no, I mean Cheeto is fine. Um, I like to just say forty-five. It's easier. But, uh, he was. He had his campaign rally. You know, like Jesus. These things are like ridiculously uh, over the top. Um, but in his in his rally, he pretty much said like the the low testing um, availability was on purpose because the more you test people, the more you find out that they might have it, and that's not good. Um, and this went back, you know, and of course that contradicts before when he was talking about how how much he's trying to like push testing just a few months ago and now all of a sudden you know he's he, he thinks that we don't need to do all this testing because the more testing the more people you might find have it like how completely ridiculous is this like it is completely idiocracy right now and just to see like you know you have a lot of media making fun of the dude but this is just allowed to happen like people are being allowed to not be tested and you know we're not putting the the country i mean the government is not putting forth you know as much effort as it could and they're being blatant and just saying like yeah we're not so good luck wear a mask wash your hands you know hopefully you won't get it honey wash everything don't don't stop your um the ways that you've been taking precautions don't stop them now <laughs> don't stop them now if you've been used to taking a full shower and you know stripping down every single time you come in the house honey keep doing it keep doing it yeah because it, it's as we see there's not going to be much uh much precaution being you know david out to the american people there's no relief being you know, sent out to the American people. It's been how many mm-hmm. weeks? $1,200 for some of us. Some of us received the $1,200, you know? So, Meanwhile, billionaires, you know, I saw like a $50 billion number out there for corporations who were given relief, numbers like that. Um, the government isn't releasing how the funds would be used. All kinds of just ridiculousness going on, but in uh, corruption. But it's the society we live in, so. When you have a guy like Cheeto 45, (laughs) what can you expect? Indeed. Oh, you can expect the unexpected with that guy. Um, Next thing I want to highlight within current events is the current and ongoing decriminalization of marijuana in the state of New Jersey. You can have the reaction you want to have with regard to that. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it's very important to note, especially with, um, as it should relate to everything that's going on around us with regards to, you know, Black lives and how much they absolutely do matter. Um, So, and also how the, um, you know, school to prison pipeline and mass incarceration, so on and so forth, those ever-present realities, how they're very real and very, very real for those who are still in jail in the state of New Jersey and other states like ours um, because of minor, what we think may be minor, um, nonviolent offenses dealing with, 
you know, possession of marijuana or, you know, things relating to that particular herb. And so step in a decent direction, I'm hoping, (laughs) with regard to how that's going to hopefully, inevitably affect and impact people's ability to continue to make a livelihood. And if anybody isn't, um, like if they're unsure what exactly we're talking about um, in the state of New Jersey, they uh, a bill to decriminalize marijuana passed, um, and instead of arrest, there's just going to be a fifty dollar fine for up to I believe it's like two ounces of marijuana. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, as Jessica stated, it's that's awesome, um, but of course, um, all I can think about are the thousands upon thousands upon thousands, millions of uh, black and people of color who are in jail for very minor offenses, while there is a huge um, industry in which um, a majority of whites are benefiting. Um, But there are some great uh, minority owned um, marijuana businesses, uh, marijuana, manufacturing businesses, all kinds of things that are going on um, in upstate New York, also in LA. Um, A few of my friends are involved in some of those initiatives to get more minority owners in in the legalized marijuana industry. So um, Mm -hmm. those things are out there. I would Google. um, I'm sure we're probably going to do a whole episode on it. Oh yeah, we definitely are. But um, those those initiatives are out there if you guys want to support those. But yeah, that's all I can think about. Even when I see things like this is just people whose entire lives are taken away because they found, you know, less than two ounces of marijuana on them. So, yeah, um, absolutely. Um, so, you know, all power to the people on that. We're going to keep keep the pressure on, keep hoping, keep uh, keep a close eye on how this plays out. And not only our state, but the rest of the country, because it's very important with um with regard to changing the tide really just kind of turning around that particular um wrong or that particular uh hindrance on people's lives it's very important um next (laughs) well i don't think we would be able to like continue if we didn't at least touch on this topic um or at least i know couple of my friends probably would like to hear a take on this, even though I'm reluctant to give it. Um, But have you heard the battle of the century? (laughs) Which one? We've had like 30 in the last month. (laughs) I'm not talking about Alicia Keys and John Legend. Okay. I did not. I love them. Love them. I talked to both of them. Yeah. Um, Philanthropists, great artists. Great artists. Phenomenal. Jess, I'm talking about East Coast, West Coast, the Battle of the Woke. Talking about the Cole and No Name. Okay, okay, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Let's let's Olympics. give a, a brief breakdown to the people um, as to exactly what transpired here. Um, should I give it or are you? Oh, uh, you can go ahead. You, you're the hip hop extraordinaire, Mr. Uh, okay. Representation and whatever else you do. So, <laughs> so No Name put out a tweet basically calling out some of the rappers who, uh, who rap about blackness, the black struggle, um, but 
have not really stepped up vocally when it come when it, it came to um, what's going on right now across the country. Um, I don't have the tweet offhand, but I also don't want to do that much digging. But, Correct. <laughs> but but Correct. what I can say is that that was the gist of the tweet. The tweet was basically um, you have you know rappers right now who rap about the struggle, but they're quiet on um, the protests and what's happening right now in the country. Um, J. Cole obviously uh, felt that that was directed towards him or of those who are like him. Um, I believe that that was one of the millions of times where the fans really hyped it up. Because I don't really think he just thought that all by himself, honestly. Like, folks just kept, you know, the fans, like, kept tweeting it and whatever, saying, oh, this is you. I think that's where all the hype came from, honestly. So then he he took the bait. Yeah, when you talk about, like, you know, rappers who rap about the black struggle and about like uh, what what goes on in day to day. Yes, I mean when you when you think of that, I mean some of the the early ones that come to mind are J Cole's, Kendrick's, but I mean kind of all of them do in some way or another. It's just um, how conscious is their content, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, that tweet could have been really to anybody. It had no uh-huh. not no pun intended. There was no name on the tweet, so <laughs> it could have been to anybody. Um, but J. Cole, like you said, kind of bit the bait, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. And then he came back with a, a response in his latest record um, that just dropped this week as well. Um, in which he, pre- it's called Snow in the Bluff. And it, the content of it, I, I listened to it one time. So I'm not going to be an expert and go back and criticize every word he said. But as far as the gist of it was, hey, I'm a little bit ignorant to to what's going on. Yes, I'm involved, but I like to kind of sit back and observe um, and basically suggested that she could deliver her message or communicate what she's saying differently in order to invite more people into her thought. Um, And you could just surmise that as tone policing, which a lot of people did. Um, They said, and I think he even said that, said that word in the rap was her tone. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he directed his his he directed what he had to say towards her um, and just pretty much surmised that, hey, I understand what you're saying. I want to learn more. But you could, you know, adv- revise your tone or <laughs> in order to be more inviting to people who want to uh, also be in, in the, the struggle for black mm-hmm, liberation. Mm-hmm. Um, so he sent that out to very mixed reviews. And when I say mixed reviews, a lot of specifically black women did not, um, did not vibe with what he was saying. And that's because understandably so, and realistically, black women are tone police nonstop every single day. Um, and Jess, you can speak more to that because you are the black woman on this show. Honey. <laughs> so two things on that particular note um, within the context of, of, of what we're talking about, because we still haven't even necessarily gotten to either of our takes, which I, I think we are completely congruent. Yeah, um, we're just but, explaining what, what happened right. to those who may live on planet Mars or something. So yeah, we had told police like crazy um it has a lot to do with everything really um with the bass in our voices with the tone of our voice just with being a black woman and speaking directly at all um 
or matter-of-factly at all. This is mostly a workplace microaggression or aggression, full out aggression that I have experienced, that others have, um, even within the last organization, not the current one, to be clear, <laughs> last organization I worked at, um, they went through all these little um, performative, yet they made it seem like painstaking efforts to encourage um, diversity and also, you know, like a uh, how can I phrase this? You know, like trying to make it seem like they're promoting um, the getting rid of microaggressions or uncovering, you know, how people don't realize that it happens at work or or even just like in the world or in our country in general, I guess. So um, it seems like that's what they were trying to do. So like we would have like these little seminars and stuff like that or like, uh, you know, like a... a meeting together and there's like activities and stuff like that whatever of course most of the folks who are not black women in that space were completely oblivious to the things we were saying but all of us black women knew what we were talking about um, you know like our hair is tone policed <laughs> like the colors we wear the things we wear how it fits our bodies etc like all that stuff is policed um so there's that angle to it. Of course, it's policed in, you know, social media or anywhere that we actually talk. Um, so that happens for sure. Um, and what was my next thought? Let me, um, before you just continue on, let me just finish the, the just yes. put the, the bow on this. Sure. Um, so he made that statement. Of course, people wanted to hold him accountable for that. And he should be held accountable for that statement specifically. I think that we have to be mindful um, of the things we say and the words that come out of our mouths. So, um, but on the other end, his response to people's critique of his words and his response to No Name was that he stood by every word that he wrote. Um, he also bigged her up in the tweet um, and added her. So we know that it was his response was directed towards her. Um, and he expressed, you know, his admiration for her work. But he said he does stand by what he said. Um, mm -hmm. And I also don't mind that, too. You say what you say. You say what you mean. Um, Correct. And then she responded on record to his response um, in which... I think it was awesome, actually. Her, I like she liked it um, a lot, mm -hmm. and her response to him um, over a Mad Lib beat um, is where she did hers. And she, just to sum up her response record, she basically said all the things that are happening right now: George Floyd being killed, Breonna Taylor being killed, people in the streets screaming for Black Lives Matter. There are people being beat up by the police and jailed unjustly, and you are coming to me talking about my tone and how I'm communicating my message to you. Um, basically saying that, you know, he, he's letting his ego get in the way when he could have just received her words and could have went about his business. Um, you know, and she has a point there. Um, but um, Jess actually brought it to my attention that she came out with this morning, Jess? Um, yeah, she actually tweeted this morning, uh, some feelings of regret about having made the song um just feeling like you know she could have in some way um negotiated and or promoted um unity a little better than that uh yeah so i saw that tweet this morning 
Hold on one second. I think we actually retweeted it on our Blackocracy account. I was going to say, we retweeted it. It's on the... the Yeah, we retweeted that. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, she came out speaking her um, somewhat regret for having said it. I'm just trying to actually pull up the actual language, so I'm not saying this wrong. Yep. So in her tweet, she said, I've been thinking a lot about it, and I'm not proud of myself for responding with song 33. I tried to use it as a moment to draw attention back to the issues I care about, but I didn't have to respond. My ego got the best of me. I apologize for any further distraction it's caused. Um, I think, you know, <laughs> to be frank, uh, it'll pro- this probably leads into both of our feelings on this. But mm-hmm. her response, and I think you retweeted that, I think her response is, you know, it's completely understandable. And I it's think fine. for him... The same thing happened to him. Um, and I mm-hmm. think these are two people who, I guess I'll just say how I feel. Is that okay? Or can yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah, I think that these, these both, listen, J. Cole has been marching in a, a lot of protests that I can remember even going back to Ferguson. Um, Charlotte. Hey, he's one of the first ones that showed up, <clears throat> excuse me, um, in Ferguson and like, stayed among the folks and talked to everyone and just literally listened for most of it, you know, more than speaking. And No Name, if you guys, uh, she is definitely worth a follow um, on Twitter and across social media. She has an amazing book club out. A lot of the things that she says um, are poignant, they're real, they're honest, and they all center around um, Black liberation and the end of capitalism, things that we all you know, feel very similarly about. Um, And I think that these are two people, and, you know, I called it a woke off before we even talked about this, but these are two people that, you know, they're very knowledgeable when it comes to um, Black radical revolution. I know J. Cole, um, his whole thing was, I don't know, Um, I'm learning. Um, But there are people that are on different levels of this. Um, and we're going to have to learn how to talk to each other and communicate to each other. And I don't think everything has to be an extreme. Um, when we go on the internet, everyone wants to find their hive or their their group and kind of condemn people who do not think exactly alike. But I think in this, um, ego had to do with both, I would say maybe one more than the other, but definitely ego is involved in both. But I think at the end of the day, we have to learn how to communicate with each other. And um, when it comes to people who may not be on your level of understanding, um, but who have good intention, we have to also recognize that. Um, we, have to, we also have to recognize that even though we might be, we might feel like we're more advanced, um, we have to understand that people who we're trying to save when it comes to black liberation are on several different spectrums of this. Um, and there, you know, people feel different ways. So when it comes to this, I didn't really, I, I didn't, the gender part is very important, but when you take away the gender part, these are two rappers who had a misunderstanding, who ultimately put it on wax, who were both respectful with each other. And that's it. Um, and I think they're both going to continue to do great things for our people. So for me, it didn't really touch an extreme heartstring like it maybe touched other people. And justifiably so. You know, we all 
feel different ways because of things that might happen to us personally. But I just saw this as a learning learning experience for both. And maybe even for us when it comes to just connecting and having community with each other. Um, I'm in a thousand percent agreement on that. I think that this, like that entire exchange between them, I think it was a tremendously wonderful learning experience for a lot of us. Um, They did their little thing, had their little rift or tift or whatever, and they came to a great place in the end. They probably communicated off mic, you know, like everything, everything worked out fine, at least the way that I think. Um, And I, I want to highlight also, although, yeah, because we haven't said it yet, I definitely want to highlight the fact that it wasn't just women um, who were, you know, making an outcry about his, um, misdirected or how they felt it was misdirected aggression and his- I saw like Chance the Rapper and a few other and I mean just yeah Chance the Rapper came out hard about it um many many black men actually came out about it um so I was actually on my with regard to my social media um with my Facebook friends and whoever else I saw a pretty balanced response honestly um between men and women speaking about it of what I saw Um, Again, this does not mean that there are not, you know, men who say crazy stuff on my, in my friends list, because honey, there are, but (laughs) um, for the most part, with regard to this thing, I saw a balanced response. And I got to tell you, honestly, with everything that's been going on lately, I am seeing more balanced responses. Um, of course, again, like I said, and if you see my post on social media, then you can see the men who respond. So you'll see, you know, men who say um, noir, misogynistic type things. But then you'll see um, brothers also kind of taking them to task about it. I, I've, I have been pleasantly surprised, I will say. I have been pleasantly surprised by the menfolk I've been seeing taking um, certain stances in defense of and protection of um, black women and also how we are treated, spoken to and regarded lately. Um, I've been seeing very good things. And and this is in personal conversations as well, because, you know, the men folk in my life, the, the men who I know, I bounce ideas and articles off y'all all the time. Shine is one of them. And the majority, if not all, no, all of the responses I've been getting in personal conversations have been even more to the defense of Black women than maybe even me. <laughs> so, which anybody who knows me, like, you know, that says a lot. So um, I definitely want to highlight that personally. Um, my personal take, just to wrap it up on this whole thing is for me, um, the gender part and the gender within the context of everything that's been happening, that part notwithstanding, for me, this was just a rap battle. I saw two rappers or two um, hip hop artists doing what hip hop artists do. Um, So I I completely understand and empathize with folks who, you know, had a different perspective and took the gender route. Of course, I, you know, retweeted those things so that folks were, you know, heard and aware and folks of all genders, you know, shared in that 
in that sentiment. And like I said, anytime, I get it. Um, but just for me, I enjoyed this as two hip-hop artists doing what hip-hop artists do. And it came to a good place in the end, and for that, I'm grateful. Word. So props to both of y'all. Props to both. Keep making music and keep uh, spreading the message that you both spread. Um, and yeah, like you said, I saw a lot of different cool takes on this. Um, I saw people talking about the tone part, which is very relevant. I saw people mm-hmm. talking about community and how um, we connect. That was very relevant. I also mm-hmm. saw people talking mm-hmm. about resources. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Brought up about, hey, I don't read. I, I watch videos. That's mm-hmm. how I we all learn differently. So, and it, there's also a slight age uh, component to this as well. You know, like, <laughs> and I, I know that this has happened with like other um, phenomena going on right now too, including like the whole fireworks thing, kids popping off fireworks and stuff like that. Like, I think we millennials have just really kind of realized our age just now at this point. <laughs> Because there there have been a lot of little minor grumpy old folk responses that we've been having here lately. And I kind of chalked some of um, J. Cole's response up to that as well. Like, we're kind of acting like the old uncles and aunts a little bit right now. Might want to (laughs) chill. You know, we're, we're so some of our responses to some of the things happening right now have been just a little bit of, you know, old man on the porch hollering at the kids get out my yard you know we're doing that just a little bit might want to might want to watch that well, i mean with social media you know and i hate to be that kind of person because i definitely i critique the people who are like oh i hate cancel culture but online it's it's such like a, a like an extreme you, you get exactly the point of view that you want. You get you can find that exactly and like to like the hundredth degree. So you kind of have to like moderate, like really moderate your own what you're taking in. Are you taking in all perspectives? You know, you have to kind of you know make sure that you're doing that so you can understand what's going on um, 360 degrees. Mm-hmm. Um, but since you did mention it, this is the last current event thing I wanted to even address. <laughs> Fireworks. Have you <laughs> across the country? Um, fireworks. I know around here it starts at like seven p.m. and they don't end until like two or three in the morning. My poor cat is like worried. Um, but have you heard like the conspiracy theories with this? Yes, I've started to see those and some very well respected and and, and well renowned um, black folks and cultural analysts have have been suggesting and tweeting about it as well. I I don't know if I'm disappointed or if I'm just still like kind of watching out to see, you know, if the jury's still out or whatever. Well, if you guys, the one that, the the biggest thread that I even know, I think it has like 10,000 retweets or something like that, at Son of Baldwin, they have like- Yeah, you just, just, I was was being discreet. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) They have like this entire thread about the conspiracy theory, especially I think it's from from New York and Brooklyn. Um, but for me, I know personally, when you know about COINTELPRO and you know about all these government programs that were like created to cause confusion and end movements, to have like a theory around the firecrackers and like disrupting peace in these communities, it's not far off. It's not like it's some not. unimaginable thing, you know? 
but basically let me just uh finish the part about son of ball when they have this thread basically stating that the fireworks are possibly a uh a conspiracy and that um they have an article um i think it's from the post which you know ugh, the post is kind of iffy but um there's a video of firefighters in brooklyn um setting off uh firecrackers at like 11 p.m. Um, there's other videos of like police cars. I think last night in Harlem around 3 a.m. the police cars had their sirens on just going in circles in the road. Um, so there's all kinds of things that people are saying that the firecrackers are being giving out to children because a lot of people have caught a lot of children playing with them. And when they asked the children, they just said they got them. Um, and fireworks also very expensive. Well, people say they're cheap, but I mean, $150 for firecrackers during a pandemic. Uh, I don't, you know, unemployment is at its highest. Uh, that's difficult for a lot of people. But yeah, so these these are the conspiracy theories out there that somehow the firecrackers are like government sanctioned in order to cause hysteria. People need the police, um, confusion, people don't sleep well, things of that nature. Yeah. Um, so as always, you know, we, we always on this pod speak to the multiple layers and nuances that are involved in all phenomena that happen, um, to us and happen around us or happen, you know, we, we speak to our context around it. Right. So again, just to hammer the point home, like there are many things going on at once and many possibilities at once. Um, it's very probable and very likely and most likely that, you know, the, the young folks are home, nothing else to do. They're getting in what they usually do every summer, but they just have a lot more time to do it. <laughs> and then there's also the very true reality because, you know, capitalism is as capitalism does and racism is as racism does, where folks, certain folks seize the opportunity there or they see an opportunity there and they say, well, let's ride this wave with the kids popping off and, you know, try to decentralize some um, some movements here. <laughs> it's very likely that that's happening. Both can be true at the same time. Um, yeah. And I mean, when you have, uh, you know, there's, these aren't this fireworks conspiracy. I'm only calling it conspiracy theory because we don't have like hundred percent proof, <laughs> even though there is the video of the, of the firefighters, but like this theory also extends to, uh, the pallets of brick during the protests where like people have video of like police officers um, either picking up or dropping off pallets of bricks around the cities um, to encourage the, you know, the, the thought behind that is that that would encourage looting and encourage destruction so they could villainize the protests. Um, you have the theories of in Chicago and Detroit about police officers dumping um, military style weapons into the inner city because a lot of people feel like a lot of people in these places can't afford those weapons. I think that's the thought behind that. Um, also, you have the 80s where <laughs> the United States government pretty much admitted to, you know, making cocaine and drugs accessible in the inner cities. Um, so with all of these things and all of these uh, ideas. And, and not only and, drugs, loved one, because there there is still... Um, 
longstanding stories about various things just showing up in the hood by the truckload during the 80s and 90s, including guns. <laughs> and that's been said, you know, all over the city of Newark. For those who don't know, I'm born and raised in Newark. So um, that that's said all over the city of Newark. It is something that folks believe. I didn't see a truck, but I don't discount that that actually ever happened in any type of way. Um, we already know through um, the Panama Papers and other different things like that, that, you know, our government has long been involved in weapons trafficking for various reasons of their own um, across, you know, the domestic borders here. So it's, it's not unlikely um, that something like that could actually be going on in our communities because we've known it to happen. So... <laughs> I mean, there's also, what was it, that, that uh, the J.P. Morgan cargo shipping container that had oh, yeah. something like a 20, I forgot how much it was, but it was a lot of cocaine, mm-hmm. 20 tons of cocaine, yeah, and then J.P. Morgan chase uh, crates, and that was in, uh, that was last summer, so there's all yeah. kinds of uh, theories behind this, and I mean, like you said, they're not, like, unimaginable. Like with, with it being proven that these things occur, it's understandable. Yeah, it's understandable that folks would um, think and believe that those types of things are currently occurring. Um, so we get it, you know, because that's that's our reality and that's our history and what's always happened to us in this country. Um, just I, I just always caution everyone to think about all of the possibilities at once um, to keep as sobering a perspective as you can um, if it happens to be. And and you know what? Matter of fact, use this as an opportunity to actually get involved and get engaged with the other folks in your neighborhood, the kids in your neighborhood, or, you know, the grown folks with kids in your neighborhood, you know, see what's going on. Are they really kids? You know, actually look out the window, see who's actually doing it. you know, engage with their parents, say, hey, uh, you know, as best you can with being safe and, you know, not being creepy towards kids and things of that nature, you know, watch yourself, watch them, be careful. Um, But, you know, engage with folks in your own neighborhood, see what's going on. Hey, talk to them. Hey, guys, maybe um, could you all, uh, you know, do your thing, but could you all please not do this past 11? (laughs) <laughs> you know, I, just saying, you know, as best as you can and as safely as you can for everyone involved, maybe try to get to know folks in your neighborhood and, you know, see if you can negotiate ways to coexist and to, you know, live and love together <laughs> rather than just behaving as if you can just, you know, be afraid of and shun your own uh, neighbors. Well, that's a big thing because we talk about uh, defunding the police and abolition of the prison system and police. And a big part of that is, like I mentioned earlier, uh, community. So it's connecting with your community and different levels in in, in a greater way than you have before. Um, And there are several ways to engage. But um, if you feel like there are certain people who are doing that, you have to find a way to relate and engage. because if the theories are correct about police or anything else, you can't count on them to assist you. 
Um, and also we know that calling the police on our own people is a death sentence of more times than it's not. Um, so you have to find ways to engage with your community in a productive manner, you know? If you feel and like not that. only that, but as we've also often seen, the community is its own vetting process, right? So if you see news reports or anything like that going on in social media and in the news, I have seen it happen time and time again. The community itself can, can you know, get on, get on the airwaves and tweet and whatever else have you and say, ah, that ain't what happened <laughs> because I saw it. Um, you know, folks who are literally there on the front lines have been the ones to tell us, hey, no, we were in the neighborhoods. We saw who started the looting and who burned down the CVS. And, and guess what? Wasn't black folks, wasn't the community. It was these weird other people. <laughs> so, or it was, or it was an umbrella. you know, so knowing physically what's going on in your own community is not only helpful to yourself, not only helpful to the rest of your immediate neighborhood, but it's helpful to all the rest of us um, who may have trouble filtering out what's real and what's not, what's true and what's not. Because, you know, we're not literally physically there. So you help all of us by knowing and being in touch in terms of what's going on around you in your immediate neighborhood. Check in with your folks. Check in with the other Black folks around you. See what's going on. Yeah, I mean, I agree totally. Now, see, we've been talking about current events. And you guys, we said we weren't a current events. We were not a current events podcast. We are not. <laughs> um, these things have to be All talked about, right. especially in the frame of you know, who we are and our blackness, you know, they have to be kind of touched on because mm-hmm, all mm-hmm. touch on like these greater spectrums. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But what we were actually planned to get into first was these corporate responses. <laughs> Honey, let's get to it. <laughs> let's get to it. Corporate responses for the Black Lives Matter movement. Yo. <laughs> Everybody, it's like Starburst, Skittles, um, McDonald's. Which I, you know what? I'm glad you brought up Skittles. Have we checked into what Skittles' response was immediately after the Trayvon Martin um, murder? Probably none. What, what was their response then? <laughs> My favorite candy put out a statement, so yes. I'm good. I can eat. I can. Eat, I can keep eating Gushers. I'm straight. <laughs> Gushers, but I see. I'm gonna be real with y'all. Part of my self care is staying uninvolved and uninformed. I'm not even gonna lie to you, even though you know I have to compod and talk about things. But I'm just gonna keep it real. A lot of my self care is to just not know. I don't want to know every single response of everyone. Why you self caring? Yeah. Gushers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, but. Some of these statements are ridiculous. Uh, everybody has put them out. Um, but it's so funny, right? Because like the last pod, we talked about performance, performativeness um, on many different spectrums, right? We talked about like politicians and all that kind of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and like all these corporate responses are just parallel to painting Black Lives Matter. Like they're just words. Um, 
meanwhile, when you deep dive in these corporations, they don't have anybody black on their board. There's nobody black in executive level positions. And if there is, it's like a couple tokens. Um, their creative decisions, you know, are all head, uh, led by people who are not black. Um, they have all kinds of different lawsuits for racial you know discrimination and all kinds of things like that um i think complex was one of the first media companies to put out something and now one of their former employees has put out a few pages on their unjust actions towards her as a black woman um just countless countless companies um we even have like the chick-fil-a's of the world who i love chick-fil-a food but just the moral things that they stand on. I can't on. relate. I don't like they check in. Sometimes, <laughs> I, like I really don't even. I'm just be honest with y'all. I don't see the hype. I don't. With why folks love Chick Fil A so daggone much, I don't like. I, well, I heard <laughs> I that there was like some kind of article. I do not know if it was fake. <laughs> But there was an article that they were going to open on one of the franchisees was going to mm-hmm. open on Sundays for black people. Um, right. I heard about that. Just ridiculous. Um, and let me just say this. As we, we don't need performance. You can keep your statement. You can keep your Black Lives Matter painting. If you are not going to put in real work to change the structure of your companies, if you are going to continue with uh, racial injustice as a normative practice, um, if you are going to continue to make decisions that are detrimental to Black people, um, you know, it, it's it's nothing. It's, it means absolutely nothing. Um, we didn't ask for this. We asked for change. Correct. Um, you know. Um, so I and I, I want to drill even deeper in terms of what um, real change looks like. It includes the hiring. It includes the monitoring of and or the safety of and for employees. I, I don't want to say employees of color. Let's just keep it real. Black folks. Um, As I already discussed, I have experienced multiple microaggressions being a black woman who works. (laughs) I am not by far the only one. It is the ways in which we are required to or expected to wear our hair. It's the ways we're required or expected to dress. I am myself an initiate and practitioner of I should be able to, without discrimination, without issue, without people looking at me crazy, um, where my ilekes, if I so choose to work, I should be able to dress in the way that may be required of me spiritually. Um, and that goes for, uh, that goes for our Muslimas as well and anyone else of any type of black spiritual spectrum, (laughs) you know, spiritual system, um, that goes for how folks regard us or treat us um, with the, the division of labor, with how or whether or not they allow us to move forward in the company. 
staying a customer service rep when you're the best one in the daggone place for over a decade, can't make manager. Like, you know, there have been suits ad nauseum against Amazon and other large companies, Walmart. We don't want to hear your Black Lives Matter advertisements. We don't want to, you know, when I when I click on my fire stick, and this is just me personally, I don't necessarily want to see the, um, so I'm kind of half and half with it, to be honest with you. So in a concrete way, I don't want to see, you know, the Black Lives Matter as soon as I click on my fire stick necessarily because I know on the back end, this was a concern as soon as the whole COVID um, thing started and, you know, state and federal shutdowns began. The multitudes of Black folks who were still called into work for Amazon with all of their unfair work practices that we knew that were already an issue, how folks couldn't go to the bathroom, how they were, you know, uh, chastised because of that, the 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 ways in which you have to work just to be in there, just wow. to be in these Amazon warehouses, and how unfair that is, then folks being called into work, you're an essential worker, essentially, um, and the complaints and everything that they were making, different folks calling for people to unionize, getting fired, all those types of things, which are heavily discriminatory against working class people and black working class people in these situations, that stuff hasn't been rectified to our knowledge, you know, in any type of public way. So mind how you treat black folks in your workplace and how protected folks may or may not be in raising concerns about that treatment. And if you have folks in your organization that are, excuse me, leveraging their seniority or whatever it is sway that they may have to, to make complaints or what have you against black folks working in a place, depending on what the, um, you know, the complaint may be, or, you know, check in with your black workers you know that there are only but so many, um, you know, people of color working at your place. Check in with them. Are they experiencing microaggressions? Do they have, you know, get their input as to how things can be improved there? Because I know for a fact that if I was an employee of Amazon and I'm getting dumped on the way that they were, but then I turn around and see Black Lives Matter when I turn on my um, my Fire Stick when I get home. I would have a huge problem with that. And that would be an additional microaggression for me going to work. Um, but marketing, you know? Like, yeah, right. It's just marketing. But what I do want to say is that on a white supremacy angle, on a white privilege angle, I hope they never stop the performance. <laughs> because it's endemic to and intrinsic to white privilege to ignore us and to behave as if not only we, but our concerns and anything that happens to us is something over there that they can just not pay attention to. And I've been seeing a lot of um, reposted and posted backlash from white folks all over social media, um, largely just complaining about how much attention we're getting. And I do not sympathize with them. I'm sorry. Like, I understand their concern. And if I were them, I would. Fe- I may feel the same way. Like, oh my God, they're getting all this attention. But you know what? Good. 
Yeah, and I, mean, I hope it never leaves your eyesight. I hope we keep on yelling. I hope they keep on posting it, <laughs> you know, or at least in some fashion. I hope it stays present and I hope it stays visual. Yes, you deserve to be aggravated. That's the whole point. Because we cannot get away from our issues. And not only that, we cannot get away from your issues. We are ever, ever under not only white gaze, but we are always confronted with seeing your dominant image and your dominant concerns. And therefore, you having to be confronted with ours in a way that you can't escape, that is what's necessary right now. Yeah, and I mean, I agree. And you see the, you you see it in a lot of people who do not agree with Black Lives Matter or even just, and speaking more generally, the, the entire protest movement going on, people are unsettled. But as far as the corporate responses go, just to touch on what you had spoken of, you know, when it comes to Amazon, um, to be specific, it was a young man named Chris Smalls who, uh, when COVID first started, he was he's a Black a young black man um, named Chris Malls. When COVID first started, he organized a protest because working conditions were less than uh, less than great um, when it came to Amazon. When COVID, I'm not sure how they are now, but when um, the, the pandemic first started, conditions were not great for those warehouse workers. And if you know Amazon workers, they're in there for very long hours. Um, and he organized a protest. They ended up firing, firing the young man mm-hmm. and then saying um, they gave a reason for why he was fired. That was kind of ridiculous. Um, and then, as we know, these protests then started a couple, few weeks later, about three or four weeks later. Um, and now they have all kinds of Black Lives Matter. And I, you know, I watch, <laughs> I watch streaming um streaming services and they have all kinds of commercials on how they're keeping each other safe for COVID and Black Lives Matter and um, you know and the the people who run Amazon especially some of the senior management they're you know I don't want to politicize this but they're people who worked under Obama people who worked for Biden they're quote unquote liberals Um, but the bottom line is is what's important you know and when it comes to um, people who work at a certain level there, um, a, lot, a lot of those people are minorities and a lot of those people are black, a lot of those people are women, they don't care. They step on them, treat them how they wanna treat them. Um, but when a good marketing opportunity comes along because we see um, in the media, being progressive and being liberal is a great marketing stance for a corporate company because mm-hmm. corporate companies are all about making money. And if you can look like you have some kind of conscience while you exploit people, it comes off great. So you have companies like Netflix who have uh, made a genre called Black Lives Matter as a genre on on their latest uh, rollout of new shows, which, you know, Things I didn't ask for, nor do I need, but it's there. Um, like you said, some of those things make people feel uncomfortable, um, and that's fine. And I'm totally with making feel, people feel uncomfortable because, again, like you said, we have to deal with being uncomfortable 24/7. You know, we just have to learn how to do different things to, you know, alleviate that feeling of being suffocated um, right. by the majority in this country, by the the, the population by white people, by the default, and by the government who typically have their foot on our necks. Uh, 
no pun intended at all, but like these, these are the things that we have to deal with. So for you guys to feel uncomfortable, people who are against it to feel uncomfortable with seeing black people and companies trying to reach out to us, that's perfectly fine. But I think as a people, we also have to understand that these companies are not changing their practices. They're just changing their marketing and that marketing is to make money off of people who feel like they are progressive. It's to make money off of minorities and black people Mm -hmm. who spend a lot of money for their companies. They're riding the wave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the only they're, way that we can being opportunists. Yeah. And the only way that we can fix that is to hold these companies accountable. Um, whether it's through the dollar, whether it's through outing them, which like I spoke about complex, people outing their employers on their practices. I think that's great. Um and on the other end of that, I also don't want to get into what I see a lot, which is the black bourgeoisie kind of changing the black liberation movement into a job fair. Um, that's really not, you know, that doesn't speak to the, all the classes of black people who need to be liberated from systemic injustice. You know, I see a lot of people, a lot of the black bourgeoisie, and we're gonna talk about the generational divide coming on and talking about how, oh, I didn't get promoted for this. Um, when those aren't, that not necessarily the focus for all people of color who are in even worse conditions than you are. Um, and you know, you see people write books, um, about trying, they want, they're, they're rallying to be the token. Um, and to put the words more plainly, you know, uh, that shouldn't be the focus. The focus needs to be on holding these companies accountable to make working conditions for all of their employees better. Um, Especially the black ones who, um, you know, people were talking about making Juneteenth a holiday. Well, I'm kind of iffy on that too, because we see what national holidays happen. You'll have a lot of white people who are gonna benefit from getting days off, who work blue white collar jobs. They're gonna get the day off. And a lot of the black staff are essential and they'll be working. Yes, and still have to go in. Yeah. <laughs> these things are nuanced, you know. Like these are very nuanced things, and there are there are positives and negatives. And what we as a people have to kind of think about is um, what's going to be the the way to make the best impact for our people as a whole. Um, so yeah, these these corporate responses, these companies, they're going to have to change a lot of things, but we're going to have to be the ones to make them do that. Um, and there are several ways that, that it can be done. I think outing these companies about their practices, that has to happen. People have to, I know it's gonna be hard when it comes to sacrificing, um, sacrificing your living, but like the young lady, I keep going back to the complex things that just happened, but the young lady at complex stated in her letter that she knows she's violating her NDA, but she has to expose what's happening in these companies. And I think that's very important because the companies can't hide behind these responses anymore. We have to show people exactly what's happening and how it can be fixed. True indeed, true indeed. Well, I think since, oh wow, it's been like an hour already, yo. Yeah, man, and we had so many things to get to, (laughs) but we will, we will, um, you know, we'll be black by popular demand. (laughs) <laughs> again next week we might have to do this more frequently because we have yeah a- we, it's, um, it's almost looking like a every every week or every other week deal now yeah um 
So do you want to end it off here? We have a lot more to talk about. So maybe we should come back uh, in a week. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, um, definitely. But we, we have a lot of appreciate y'all for hanging in. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, that's that's really it. Just um, just showing my gratitude right now for y'all, you know, tuning in, hanging in as we started off the pod saying. This is really, I mean, we're like four episodes in, but this is really just the beginning. I think there's a lot yeah. of And we see now that um, people want different perspectives, especially in the the Black liberation movement, which, you know, I know Black Lives Matter is a thing, but I, I texted one of my friends. I was like, man, I'm ready for like Black power to be said more often. We need to claim our victory. You know, I know my life matters already. You know, I know I'm a human. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's making the statement because we, you know, we just happen to notice that yeah. um, we're not being regarded as if we matter. So, uh, you know, if you truly believe that all lives matter, then you should be perfectly fine with us saying what we're saying, because we've just noticed that with regard to representation and treatment, we are not feeling as if we matter. (laughs) (laughs) We're not noticing that we matter. You know, we're, we're quite discarded as if we don't. So just making that statement. Yeah, and I mean, the phrase, I don't want to get people confused. We're not talking about the organization. We're talking about uh, the statement on our life. The statement, mattering. which um, started as a hashtag and not right. an organization, to be clear. Exactly. And for me, <laughs> you know, Black Lives Matter, um, but I got to say Black Power. I wish liberation, uh, peace to all of my Black people around the entire um, world, from Africa to beyond to here in America, Europe, South America, everywhere my black people are descended from Africa. We love you all and um, we wish you all liberation. I wish you all peace, strength, power, self-care, all of that. Love, black love. Black love is so beautiful, man. We gotta do a pot of love, man. It's it's a lot come it's a lot coming around too with uh the Rona. It done scared some folks into getting it together. I wanna talk about that. <laughs> I gotta say this too, yo. Uh you were so on point in the last one. Um this is something I want to project that just said in the last episode. You have to center yourself around people and positive energy. Like, you know, I know on the internet, we want, we love to fight and we all have stances and opinions that matter. Our black, all black lives matter. And our, a lot of our lived experiences all matter. There's all relevance in that. But we also have to make sure we are around people who love us and are positive influences on us. You know, like don't spend your time fighting with people who don't want to recognize your humanity. And I'm not just talking about people of a different color. I'm talking about people of the same color. Like, if they don't recognize your humanity, do not keep yourself around those people. That's negative energy. Find Correct. Love them. Keep that love around you. And you know what? I'm going to say this, too. I'm going to say this, too. Out here in these social media streets. You know what? Honestly, sometimes, regardless of the fact that you want to be the one to set somebody straight, and I know this is big talk coming from me, but, honey, I am learning and growing. <laughs> So listen, 
take a step back sometimes and realize and understand that maybe you're not the person to get it across to them. You know? It's true. That's true. Maybe, yeah, maybe you just aren't the person to get it across, get it across to them. Maybe there are better things for you to do than to sit here with this person who you already knew from the gate, given what they said and how they said it more so, that they're not going to have a come to Jesus moment with you right now. Y'all not going to come out kumbaya at the end of this or even on a dis- uh, agree to disagree tip. None of that's going to happen. The two of you are still going to be on two separate sides of the aisle. That person's still not going to be empathetic and they're still not going to get it and whatever else have you. You're going to be further traumatized than you were to start with or, you know, even more entrenched in your, you know, uh, ideal that they hate you or they don't empathize or whatever the case may be neither one of you are going to come out of it feeling great um so just take a step back sometimes and rather than going through you know the whole breakdown and downward spiral realize that sometimes maybe i'm just not the one to get through to this person i'm gonna leave this alone <laughs> or maybe i'll say my one little statement and then I'll just, you know, I say what I said and I'll move on. And you can find people who you may have a different point of view with who do love you and recognize your humanity. I'm talking about the people who you know, as soon as you engage them, that they're not going to recognize what you're saying. You know, right. that. I'm talking about those people, you know, save, save yourself the energy because you're going to need that energy there's so much more there's so much more of a journey that we all have to go on you don't need that energy yo save it it's, it's needed for something else i promise you something more productive um full of positivity you know what i mean yeah like just I, i'm i'm really rooting for folks focusing more on their self-care um i don't necessarily believe that all things and all interactions have to be productive some things just are what they are exactly. and sometimes it just is what it is but especially right now black folks and um i do believe that when we when we get to the full topic of black folks and self-care i really want to speak to how a lot of what we go through as black folks the literal mental and physical health that it costs us, the things that we go through. We're gonna talk about actual diagnoses, how that works, so on. Cause it's something that really just needs to be said out in the open, you know, and we really just need to take care of ourselves individually and collectively a lot better than we do. So right now with everything else going on, all the pressures that everyone's under, please take care of yourselves. Please do. And um, we're definitely going to get more more in on that topic, um, plus countless others. We have a whole bunch of things and more topic-oriented discussions that we do want to touch on. Um, we also have a couple of concept shows that we're trying to put together and, and get for you guys to listen to. Um, so this is just us really checking in giving our take on some current events going on. Um, I'm glad we got to touch on everything that we got to touch on and there's so much more. So stay tuned to the Blackocracy. Stay tuned. We'll talk to you guys soon. Peace. Peace.